This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. You gotta love the Olympics, right? We're sitting in the studio cutting this up, watching the opening ceremonies right now. It's just great when the nations compete in anything. I think it just adds a little extra flair for the dramatic. I wish football was in it, but all the other countries are... <laughs> I don't know if that'd be fair. Miles and miles and miles behind the America, the United States of America as far as football is concerned. It'd be Team USA Olympic roster would be, be wild. would be wild. Tom Brady, right? He's got to be the captain. Well, I mean, wait, no, he wouldn't play. I, at see, this age, I don't know. See, he like he would have be like. Do you earlier. know Tom Brady at all, though? Like this would be probably like he'd be fifty-two years old, and they'd announce football was coming to the Olympics, and he'd be like, "I'm thinking about coming out of retirement to win the first gold medal ever as an American football player." Like he would want that. There just wouldn't be enough teams. No, there or, wouldn't be. It'd be Team USA versus Team Canada. It's the it. only places yeah. that play football. I think Mexico has a league too, but other, it's I think it's Europe only North America. They, de- I think they do, but it's just not to the level of. Would rugby players just say, "Okay, we'll assemble a team"? Well, that's the only hope that you have yeah. for football ever making that leap, and for football globally making the leap is if rugby started strapping on the pads. But they just love rugby, and rugby's a great sport to watch. Yeah, nothing against rugby. They hit too, so. I don't with think the no trans- pads. I don't with think like the transition. Any pads on there I don't think too. the transition would be too too hard as far as the physicality of the sport is concerned. Yeah. But the technicalities are just few and far between. I mean, you have to lay on the football in rugby to score. Wild man. I would like to see a Team USA football team, though. I know. It'd be, it'd be cool to see that team get constructed. Would there be any players from the NFL not on that team? I don't know. I don't think so. Like Big Al, maybe going overseas to play. Isn't Big Al Spanish? He might be. I. That's a good point. If you know what would probably happen is like you see in basketball, where like if you don't make Team USA, then you, you can claim like, your nationality yeah. and play for that team because they don't have enough talent. Which well, there clearly would be a lot of guys who do just that field, because field I mean, an Olympics just, like field yeah. with thirty-two countries, but just right. draft out NFL players to basically have an NFL season. But anyway. Getting back into these Steelers position camp battles, uh, well, it's really storylines that we're talking about at training camp. As camp is now officially underway on the south side right now. They will move to Heinz Field next week. First practice open to the public is July 28th next week at Heinz Field if you want to get your first look at the Pittsburgh Steelers up close and personal. But, you know, it was a lot of storylines when we talked about the offensive side of the ball in our previous episode you know, the storyline of the starters in the offensive line being completely new, Najee Harris and that storyline. But it's more position battles, I think, when you switch over to the defensive side. And the big one was going to be Spillane versus Vince Williams. And I kind of had this topic ready to go last time we recorded, and Vince dropped a nuke on us and decided to retire. So this goes from, you know, at the very top of my list for a position battle to not a position battle at all. Position battle one, now it's all in Robert Spillane's shoulders to come in and become the starter next to Devin Bush this year without a safety net behind him. Yeah, and that's not exactly the place you want to be in. I mean, if you're the Steelers, and um, I don't I don't really think super highly of, of Robert Spillane. I mean, look, he's an NFL player, and if he was the three and he was in a rotational type thing, I would be okay with that. I, I think that's a perfect role for him. Um, you know, and maybe play some special teams too, but – now that's completely out of the question. I mean, now he has to be uh, the Robin to Devin Bush's Batman. And I don't know if he has the ability to do that. Uh, I mean, I know he made some highlight plays last year. You think back to the, the goal line stand on, on Derrick Henry and, you know, it 
yeah, it was a big hit and everybody oohed and awed about it. And that's something that will live, you know, in, in Steeler lore forever. You know how those things work. A big play like that, that's, you know, that, that will live in Steelers fans' heads forever. But let's face it, every, I mean, and maybe not against Derrick Henry, but 90% of middle linebackers should make that play. You know what I mean? That's what the linebackers set up to do. The hole's wide open for you. You're one-on-one against a running back. You should make that play. Um, I know it's against Derrick Henry, but then you think to the pick six. I mean, that was a huge play, completely swung the momentum of the game in Baltimore. It was the first play of the game. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Um, so he, he definitely has the ability to make plays. I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm crapping on him here because I'm not. But I, I just worry that he's not going to be the the right piece next to Devin Bush. He's not, he doesn't have the right skill set. And again, that goes to the fact that he can't, you know, cover when you look at Devin Bush, what's the one thing that makes him different than everybody else mm. that, that mm. over the last couple of years. Yeah. It's his speed. It's the way he's able to cover guys, you know, running backs, tight ends. Is he step for step with them? No, but he can at least make a play on the ball. You know, you think back a couple of years ago, was it mm. his rookie year where, the ball got like tipped up in the air and it would technically the ball hit the ground, but he dove and caught right. it over top of them. They were called it an interception. Um, that's the type of athleticism that he possesses. His athleticism makes up for the fact that maybe he can't, you know, be step for step with the tight end or a running back out of the backfield. But Robert Spillane flat out can't do that. He, he, he He's going to be five steps behind a running back, five steps behind a tight end. And he doesn't have the athleticism that Devin Bush does to make up for it. That's where I worry. Um, you know, again, if he was the third guy, if, if if Spillane was the third guy, I would be excited. And if Vince Williams was there, and again, I, I said this when we talked about Vince retiring, this doesn't mean that Vince Williams was great in coverage either because he wasn't. He was, wasn't really right. out there on passing right. downs unless he was blitzing or whatever. But he was, you know, he's a better all-around player than Spillane. It just makes me worry. Now, granted, I could eat my words when the, when the season starts. But I, I just worry that, that Spillane doesn't have the right skill set to be next to Devin Bush. Yeah, I mean, you said that he didn't have the right skill set to be next to Devin Bush. He didn't really have the right skill set to be out there last year either. Like, mm. yeah, he made the splash plays, but still, even without Devin Bush, you weren't confident in the fact that he was going to be your number one guy without Devin. So how are you going to be any more confident, even if Devin's back, to put him out there again? Right. I mean, he was your best option last year and you weren't happy with it. Now that you do have Devin Bush, it's almost like a reliving a nightmare situation of which you have to put him out there again. It's I don't want to be too critical on him calling it a nightmare situation because I'm sure there are worse guys out there that are starting in the NFL than Robert Spillane. But when you had expectations to have Robert Spillane be a floating two or a floating three, a rotating two or a rotating three guy, you can live with that. When he's your definitive number two, that's something that you were not prepared for. And the guy that they went out last year to get to shore up that linebacking spot because they weren't as confident in Spillane was Avery Williamson. That didn't pan out, so Spillane did still have to take a lot of the responsibility on his plate. Uh, Avery Williamson still out there and available if the Steelers would want him to come in to kind of add more depth to that spot. Uh, don't know if that'll be the case. They did re-sign Calvin Bundage uh, yesterday. Calvin Bundage was an undrafted free agent from this year's class that the Steelers had signed, but then recently released. I believe they released him right around whenever Vince Williams actually decided to come back, uh, and then they re-signed Bundage just the other day so that they could at least get some warm bodies in that yeah. spot for camp, but he won't really make any push towards playing time because uh, he would have to leap over a person who's actually drafted at that position in Buddy Johnson in order to do that. And 
mean, it would be a really incredible story if Bundich were able to do that. It's just not going to happen. But no. uh, you just wonder if maybe Williamson is in the cards for the Steelers. Go out there, just grab a guy that can help uh, at least add some depth, a guy who's played in the NFL before. Uh, but maybe this Bundage signing is a sign that they're not going to do that, that they just needed an extra warm body for the depth chart because they're going to bump Buddy Johnson up to that third spot. Ooh, I, and I hope that's not the case. Um, I mean, I don't. Um, maybe, maybe you're right, and that's their thinking. They just bring in a body, and, and hopefully it works out. But as we illustrated when we talked about um, when we talked about Vince Williams' retirement, I mean, right now the second linebackers to Spillane and Bush are Marcus Allen and Buddy Johnson. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I know we're all high on Buddy Johnson. I'm high on Buddy Johnson, but you know, can it stun his growth a little bit if he comes in right away as a rookie and doesn't play well? It could does that mean that it's going to happen? No. Um, but that makes you believe that, you know, if Spillane and Bush are the starters as we sit right now, that means either Marcus Allen or Buddy Johnson is going to be the third guy, and they're going to have to see time right away. They're going to have to play. And granted, I guess, you you know, you know what you have in Marcus Allen. Is that a, a great option? No. You know um, what you have in him is truer words that couldn't be spoken. Right. I mean, right. You know he's not that's, the guy. That's, like, it's true words and it's not the words you want to admit no it's not what you want there and as i said before if he's you know a guy that you use a couple times in a game you know in a pinch okay you can live with that but if he's got to play you know 30 40 percent of the snaps defensively that's not where you want to be and i don't know if that's where you want to be with buddy johnson either um you know i think the steelers you know i think it was a, a good pick by them and i think it was a steal to get buddy johnson but again you're asking this guy to do a whole hell of a lot you know in his rookie year when, you know, what, he was a fifth or sixth round pick. I mean, you're, you can't expect him to be, you know, uh, the third guy and to be good right away. If he is, I mean, whew, that's icing on the cake. That's a great place to be. But it's just it's not where you want to be. And, and again, you look even deeper behind those guys. If, you know, you're an injury away from the, the inside linebacker position being a disaster. And that's, you know, it's just because there's no depth there. I mean, do you trust Ulysses Gilbert or Christian Kuntz if if someone goes down to, to step up and, and to fill that void, too? There, there's no way. Christian Kuntz a local kid, so maybe hopefully mm. there. But, you yeah, know, just, you don't want him to play no, significant minutes in the NFL. It's not a place you want to be in. And, you know, and linebacker is one of the most. He went to my alma mater. All right? okay. He was a Duquesne Duke. All right. I, I'm not to disparage anybody who plays at that level because that's a great accomplishment that I could never do. But you don't see many Duquesne Dukes playing in the NFL, right? No, you don't. <laughs> you just don't do. Yeah, but I mean, again, it's just you're 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 going to be in a really murky situation if the only move you make is bring who who what, what was the guy's name that they Calvin Bundage. Calvin Bundage. If that's the only guy you bring in, oh, man, I mean, I know an injury can derail a season for any team and at any position group, but man, when you look at the Steelers, that inside linebacker, you have one injury. It, that that position group's a disaster. Even if Devin Bush is healthy all year, if you lose Spillane, you're done. I mean that line that linebacking position is solely rests on Devin Bush, and you can't have that. And it's almost like the outside linebackers packs pass the buck off to the inside linebackers because just a week ago we would be saying that you know if you get an injury to the outside linebackers, your season's done. There's really no depth there, but the inside's great. You can afford an injury there. You have Spillane step in for a couple of weeks. It'd be perfectly fine as long as it's short-term injury, and now it's almost flipped on its head because they go out and they sign Melvin Ingram uh, at the beginning of this week, and then almost immediately after that you get the news that Vince Williams is retiring, so they just basically traded the weak spots from the outside to the inside 
But looking at Melvin Ingram and that Melvin Ingram signing, that's a huge position battle that has popped up for the Steelers is who's going to be the starter opposite of TJ Watt in the Sam linebacker spot. Uh, Melvin Ingram, ESPN has him listed as their number one guy on the depth chart right now. I don't know if the Steelers will extend veteran courtesy and have him be number one when they start camp because he's just simply not their veteran. So he's basically starting in the same spot as Alex Highsmith is as far as the Steelers coaching staff's eyes are concerned. Obviously, Melvin Ingram been to the Pro Bowl three times and had a run in 2017, 18, and 19 making the Pro Bowl before having an injury-shortened season in 2020. If he can get over that injury and continue to play at a Pro Bowl level, I think you have to start the guy but I just do think that the Steelers like Alex Highsmith. I think they're high on him. He played down the stretch last year when Bud Dupree got hurt, so he definitely proved that it's not too much of a task for him to play in the NFL. He, he proved that he could belong at least. They didn't have to bench him in that stretch. He, he started a playoff game for them. If he, if he was struggling, they would have found somebody else. Cassius Marsh would have maybe started the playoff game for them just because you, know, you don't want to throw out a rookie that's struggling. He proved that he could handle it. Now it's about him taking that next step and being productive at that spot. So although I think it might be a better idea to go into camp with Ingram being the lead dog and having Highsmith track him down, I think it's going to go the opposite way where Highsmith's going to be the guy. And even if Ingram shows out, as long as Highsmith can, you know, kind of stay par, stay at par, Hold he's going to take the job. Yeah. yeah, I think that's, I think that is what's going to happen. I think Highsmith, you know, I'm looking at ESPN right now, and according to their depth chart for the Steelers, they have Melvin Ingram as a starter. Right. Um, I don't necessarily, you know, agree with that. I think it is going to be Highsmith, but but you uh, could see how a national outlet like no, this would think that, yeah, just no because doubt. that's even though he's coming off an injury and it took a while for him to get signed, that is one of the bigger signings of the offseason. Well, it's a it's, it's one a of bigger the bigger names. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and for the Steelers, it was it was huge for the Steelers in general to bring in another outside guy until no Vance doubt. retired, and right? Then, and then a new problem popped <laughs> yeah, up. Right, so. right, right, right. Um, I mean, it was the biggest problem I think yeah, at the yeah, team, it was. and now it was. It's, it's completely different now that Vince is gone, but. Um, yeah, I, I do think that Highsmith is going to be the starter. Um, and you know, whether you agree with that or not, I do think that's what's going to happen. Um, and again, if if that does happen and Ingram, you know, plays well and he's in a rotation with those guys, he gives guys blows and he comes in and does what he's supposed to or shows that he could still play at this level. That's still a good thing. Mm-hmm. I think that could be the same for Highsmith too. just say if he wasn't the starter and he was a third guy and he comes in and spells wad or, or ingram and, and, and just makes plays like he's done you know he did last year he made some key plays last year too i think you're good either way regardless of who's the starter we, we we had that conversation too like it doesn't really matter who the starter is as long as you get good production from whoever the third guy is and i think that's a big thing but i i, I believe it's going to be highsmith to be the starter um you know you didn't exactly expect to have melvin ingram at this point uh, i right. don't think that was good one point. of the things that you expected you know, a couple of weeks ago or a month ago now, um, you didn't expect it. That doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But coming into the season, obviously he was slated to be the starter, and you just signed this guy, what, you know, a week ago, whatever, a handful of days ago now. Um, you know, it's not it's not something you expected. That's, again, why I think Highsmith's going to be the starter. I just think in terms of getting the best out of either of these guys, I think the smart decision would be to start Highsmith. Mm-hmm. Why not instill that confidence in him? And just say, we drafted you. As Callan said, you know, we drafted you. We expected you to be our starter only a couple of weeks ago, if not a couple of days ago. Why why take that confidence away from him when, when he's so young, he's still so formidable. He's still so, you know, 
able to be affected or influenced by certain decisions made on the made by the coaching staff. So why take that rush of confidence away from him? I think the smart thing to do is we know Melvin Ingram has been a starter, has been a pro bowler, but this guy knows that he's coming on to a new team. He he knows how the league works. Why you know, I think he'd be capable of saying, yeah, we can go with Highsmith to start, but I'm still going to get my snaps too. I think he's capable of seeing that. Just to play devil's advocate on that point, though, what if you started Highsmith and he struggled a little bit and Ingram had to overtake him? Then that could be psychologically damaging yeah, as well. That's a good point. As opposed to if a Highsmith is starting on the bench, maybe you can you know, have a side conversation with him. His position coach can sit him down and say, listen, like, this is not indicative of what we think your progression is, it, right. where, where your progression is in our eyes. The fact of the matter is this is a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, person became available for us and the money worked out for us that is just simply better at this point in his career, and we're going to start him. Again, this has nothing to do with how we feel about you and your progression. We think you're doing great, and you're going to see a lot of time this year, Alex, so don't I don't want you to leave this meeting that we're having, you know, with your head down because you don't think you're going to see the field. You're going to see the field a hell of a lot. Just because you're not going to be a quote-unquote starter doesn't mean you might not play more minutes than Ingram right. come uh, a certain week if you're balling out, you know? I think it can kind of be like a who's got the hot hand yeah. situation with them. But do, in terms of starting week one. But both of them have to be cool with that. Ingram as a veteran right. and then Highsmith as an I think Ingram as player. a veteran can be okay with it. You'd hope that would be the case. You'd think that he might be a little humbled after an injury-riddled 2020 season, you know, looking in the mirror and saying, you know, this isn't like running off three Pro Bowls and getting injured and coming back and I'm 26 years old. I'm in my early 30s. You know, my days are numbered in the NFL. So, you know, a lot of guys have that self-awareness to try to, you know, step themselves back a little bit just to stay in the league a couple years longer. But then there are the guys that don't have that self-awareness and just think they should start until they're put their careers right. put in the ground the thing is we don't really know melvin ingram at all that well like that so all. we don't know which side of that spectrum very interested for on. his first media availability mm-hmm. as a pittsburgh Steeler coming off of a camp practice i think that's a lot of insight to be gleaned from those mm-hmm. hopefully it'll be soon but i think highsmith being the starter yeah. is 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 probably where this team is headed i think that's the safest bet if you're going to put a chip down i think that's the safe bet i mean things could change but i, I do think that's where it's going in the secondary, the big position battle isn't for a starter, but it is for that third cornerback spot, which you can say is pretty much a starter in the NFL. They definitely play enough to be considered a starter. But with Hayden and Sutton being your outside guys, you're left with Justin Lane and James Pierre and the undrafted rookie free agent Shakur Brown out of Michigan State as the three people that have really put themselves in this position battle. Maybe Shakur Brown, it's a little premature to throw him in that group but definitely James Pierre versus Justin Lane. And a lot of the talk is when the Steelers go nickel, it might be in their best interest instead of seeing which one of these two, Pierre or Lane, can play the nickel or Brown, bumping Sutton inside where he's the best by far on this team, maybe one of the best in the NFL at that nickel spot, and then having a Justin Lane step up and play on the outside. It seems to me like you're playing a lot of musical chairs with your Mm -hmm. secondary there. If they can do it, more power to them. But that's a lot to ask of a player like Justin Lane, who really hasn't shown that much as far as progression is concerned for a third-round draft pick. And then you've got guys like James Pierre and Brown. Both of them were undrafted. James Pierre already last year kind of jumped in front of Justin Lane. He saw more playing time than Lane did when Hayden was out. So 
you know, you, you got to wonder where Lane stands with the Steelers. This might be his last chance to really find the field in more than just a special teams capacity. But either way, both of those guys, Pierre and Lane, don't instill super confidence in me as far as an outside linebacker or an outside cornerback having to step in when the Steelers go nickel. No, they don't. And and I think that one of the things that um, that goes to that point is the fact that I think a lot of people are, um, you know, that slot corner that you know, who's it going to be instead of moving guys around? And you mentioned bumping Sutton there and then having either Lane or, or Pierre or Shakir Brown be, you know, the, the outside guy. I think a lot of the, the stuff you've seen on Twitter and just from the first day of practice uh, yesterday, um, a big thing was Antoine Brooks. He got a, an interception on Ben from the slot. That's something that I think uh, that I think has some legs. And I think that's something that is probably going to end up happening. Just so, as you said, Tom, you don't have to play musical chairs with your secondary and move guys around um you know i mean antoine brooks has been you know i i think he's you know he could carve out a role for himself i mean um you know it looks like right now he seems to be in that slot corner role that doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to happen a month from now or two months from now but i do think he fits that mold and is he is he the same player as mike hilton is whoever plays the slot corner the nickel corner whatever are they the same player as mike hilton no, no, of course not. No, no. You know, you're not going to get that same type of, you know, um, that same type of player. But you do have to have those same types of traits. And I think, you know, at least from yesterday, that was the big one of the big stories from campus that Brooks made a really nice play and intercepted Ben. I think, it, you know, I think he's I think personally, he's the front runner for that position. That yeah. way, as you said, Tom, you don't have to move guys around. You can just slide one guy in to the nickel corner and then just keep the corners the way they are. Who would you have more confidence in, Elaine or Pierre, right now? If you had, if, if I, had I if one? I had to pick at one? the start of camp, as we, I would start say the position battle. Who do you think's got the upper leg? I would say Pierre. You think Pierre is going to be on the fast track to be the starter, quote unquote starter? Start, yeah, start. However you want to loosely use that defined term, as yeah. a starter. You'd mentioned Antoine Brooks, Kellen. A lot of talk that the Steelers would have gone out and gotten Malik Hooker. Still think that's possible because of the contract yeah. they gave Melvin Ingram really didn't hinder the cap too, too much. They but still should have around $10 million in cap space. Do you think the, the reason they haven't is because of what they've seen in Brooks so far? And Brooks is certainly, like you said, doing his part to, you know, if, yeah. if Colbert's sitting up in the catbird seat watching, watching yeah. practice and he's debating, am I going to spend another 4 or $5 million in free agency on a Malik Hooker? He sees Antoine Brooks pick off Big Ben and look well in practice. And okay. Then talks to Tomlin after practice about what he sees from Brooks. And Tomlin you know, likes Brooks a lot. So maybe he's, you know, Colbert's thinking, I can save some money here. You mm -hmm. know, I don't necessarily need to go out and get a Malik Hooker because do I really need to sink $5 million into a guy that would primarily be a backup anyway? As, I mean, Edmonds and, and Fitzpatrick completely play almost every single down. They, they right. never really right. need a break. I guess the one thing you'd say for Hooker is he does have some experience jumping up into that slot, and he would be a good option in the nickel instead of having to bump Sutton over. You could just have Hooker run onto the field and yeah. play that slot corner spot. But maybe you have the same exact thing in Brooks. Maybe. You know, that's who's a younger and more affordable. Right. Although Malik Hooker saying he's younger, it's true. But Malik Hooker is is very young. Yeah. Still. Right. He's he, yeah. Coming off of just his rookie deal, right. the Colts just have decided to move on from him. Right. I mean, I think that's the situation that you're in, and as you said. Um, you know, Brooks definitely could step up into that. But if you made me pick Lane or Pierre, like if it's going to be a, a, a corner to do it, I guess it's Pierre just because he has the NFL experience and he overtook Justin Lane last year in the depth chart. That's not exactly a ringing endorsement of Justin Lane no, either. It's not. And I mean, you can 
you can consider the off the field distractions that Justin Lane has on his in his baggage, you know. I but I think even regardless of that, as Kellen pointed out, it seemed that the the trend last year toward the end of the year was that they were going in the direction of Pierre. A couple of miscellaneous position battles that well, one of them could potentially matter a whole hell of a lot, but in fact they both matter a whole hell of a lot. It's just, you know, non sexy position battles. But the punter spot, Presley Harvin the third was a draft pick by the Steelers this year in the seventh mm-hmm. round, and Jordan Berry, you know, guy that is underwhelmed, a guy that the Steelers moved on from for Dustin Colquitt last year. Unfortunately, Colquitt was didn't a mistake, pan out, yeah. and they had to bring Jordan Berry back. They had no other options. But the Steelers have clearly actively tried to move on from Berry in the past, and now they have used actual draft capital to do so. Uh, taking a guy that they just simply didn't want to fall into that undrafted, you know, free agency realm where you probably sign them, but you just never know. A team might sweep by and offer him an extra couple hundred thousand dollars that he decides to go there. They took that out of the equation and they picked him, so they obviously like him. You basically just can't come into camp and shank punts because right. if you can just be perfectly fine in camp you're gonna win the job over barry they're not gonna cut a guy that they use a draft pick on they're gonna try to move on from barry they're gonna you're gonna have to force them at gunpoint to almost go with jordan barry instead of you so i think harvin's gonna be the guy and i'm actually you know for as non-sexy as i'm excited to see a new punter because you know barry has a very been very underwhelming and when you have a really good punter to match a really good defense you can play the position field game a whole hell of a lot better, even if your offense yep. is stalling out in the opponent's side of the field. And I'm not trying to put what happened last year or in the in years prior no, 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 Barry, no. But, but it just does suck when he comes out there and he shanks a punt. Or he hits like, it for 35 yards yeah, or like, 40 yards. It's like, damn. I want to see some boom. Yeah, like flip this the field once in a while. Yeah. And that's the one thing I think that, you know, when you look at Barry, as you said, he's been, he's been fine, he's been okay, but he's not – you know, he's not flipping fields, and I think that's very important. You know, the offense can't score every time. They can't go down the field mm-hmm. every time. You need somebody to flip the field, and Barry just hasn't done that. Is he, you know, is he a fine NFL punter? Like, will he find work? Probably. But if you draft a punter in the in the draft and you use a draft pick on them, on that position, you know, the Steelers didn't have a whole, you know, they, they had, you know, only X amount of draft picks, and they used one on a punter. That should give you every indication who the, who they want right. to be the starter. Um, at least that's what that's what it tells me. I mean, that's what it, it would say to me. Um, but yeah, as you, as you said, you just can't be bad in camp. You have to do what you did in college. I mean, he was. I think he led all of college football last year in punts and in distance and in average yards per punt. Did Presley Harvin? So I think. I mean, he definitely has the leg up. And I just think he, you know, he has the bigger leg too. And I think that's what the Steelers are looking for. You have no thoughts on Presley Harvin? No, I th- I think Presley Harvin. I think it's his job to lose. To be honest, it's kind of rude that you didn't have any thoughts on him. I punters aren't people too. Not on the show. Ray guys in the Hall of Fame. How dare you? I think he's in the Hall of Fame. The he's not in the Hall I, of Fame. I don't know. Is there a single punter in the Hall? I of think fame? it's Ray guy. Know. The quarterback position battle for the second spot. I, I think it's Mason Rudolph's job. Yeah. I I don't know if Haskins has enough credibility yet to exactly be the guy that's you know one injury away from being the guy i think mason rudolph being a starter when ben went down the last time in 2019 and then playing well in that cleveland game in 2020 you know he's obviously not gonna regress dramatically come training camp and i don't think Dwayne haskins is gonna take an amazing leap during training camp so 
I think that they'll give Haskins a look with that second string uh, offense. Uh, I think that he'll certainly split time with Mason Rudolph in preseason games, but I, I think Rudolph, it's not only the obvious choice to be a backup, but I think it's definitely the smartest choice to be a backup quarterback. Yeah. I mean, at least for this year um, and, and, you know, next year, I think that's a different conversation. I, I think when you go to 2022, it's a different conversation of, you know, will Dwayne Haskins overtake Rudolph? Hell if Dwayne Haskins is even here next year. But when you look at the two of them, at least Mason has been here and, and done it. Um, I mean, granted it wasn't great, but the last time we did see Mason, he was improved against the jets. I think that's, very uh that's a, a very big point that i think a lot of people forget if he stays healthy the steelers win that game and they're in the playoffs i firmly believe that um but yeah i mean i think mason will be the two to go into the year unless haskins really impresses at camp which that's what you should hope for too though you know healthy competition isn't a bad thing and i think both guys know that they're never gonna see the field in you know meaningful time meaningful downs if you do this team's in trouble if either one of these guys see meaningful time and meaningful downs. I think you are in trouble if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2021. But I think Mason's the right guy to go with for now. Um, you know, next year, I think that might be a different conversation. But we'll see. We'll wait till we get there. But for now, I think Mason's the right guy. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I'm excited to see what Hassan's can bring. But for now, I think the safe bet is Mason. Well, I promised we'd get to the Steelers stretch run of their schedule this episode. And I failed on to deliver on that promise as we went long with storylines from camp. So we'll start the next episode talking about the Steelers stretch run. And we'll also talk about some other camp storylines around the NFL and some other NFL headlines, as well as the NFL sent out a pretty damning memo to all of its clubs yesterday. So we'll definitely get into that as well. But thanks for listening to this episode of Steelers Standard. Check out all of our work at Steelers.com. Just go to the podcast page, find Steelers Standards, and give any episode your heart desires to listen. For Jacob Recht and Kellen Gursky, I am Tom Opferman. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.